0: hey guys welcome to big blue united podcast my name is tj i'm here with colin and we got the man himself the big derg nick nick with us tonight almost who? almost dropped your last name and doxed you
1: who is the have, derg super, the big bad derg super
0: unique last name that no one else has in all this country so Never that we've definitely said in. at
1: least three times on, on the <laughs> previous. You had just had one of
0: those names it's like you got to say the first and last name together, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's up guys. I know we did our fantasy draft last night. We're all in a league together. That was, that was nice to see you two days in a row, Nick. It's yeah. been a while.
2: Yeah. I'm, I am I like to see friends, you know, getting together and, and talking about fun and, and laughing. So, you know, I think I hit my quota for the next couple of months. So, you know, maybe we'll get together around the holidays. All right. Yeah. So no jokes tonight. Let's keep it real dry.
1: We just, we expended it. That's all we got.
0: I got nothing left in me. Um, Guys, as usual, follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter at BBU Podboys the Z. Follow our gracious pods pod, podcast network at pigskinpodnet on Twitter. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up with promo code T-P-P-N. Our sponsor this week, is brought to you by Bookseo, which is a company put together by our founder Ian. Um, Bookseo is basically a place, a marketplace where you can purchase uh, books, eBooks, stuff like that. Um, and every purchase you make, ten percent will get donated to a charity. Um, it's bookseo.com. So if you like to read and uh, you know buy your books there, might as well donate to charity while you're doing it. Um, it's definitely a cool company. Definitely a good concept. Check it out, guys. Bookco.com. Book, SIO.com. Cool. Cool. Um, I know we missed last week, but we're not really going to talk about the Jets game because that kind of just falls into kind of the final 53, which I think we'll, we'll spend the most time on. But the first thing I do want to bring up is uh, news from today that, that Mike Kafka will be calling the plays and not Brian Dable, which is not something that I sort of expected. I know we saw him call plays in the preseason, but when the regular season was coming up, I was sort of expecting Dable to jump in there and, and take over that role. I mean, what do you guys think? uh, the decision-making process was, was behind this. We'll start with you, Nick.
2: So I would like to think as a first time head coach, you know, he really wants to let his guys shine, empower them to, to show that they're capable. Um, I mean, he knows he, he can always rely on that later. If they get into a jam or if they start slow, he can always take it back. It's just, I think it's one of those things where he he trusts them and he knows they they've worked, worked well. And so I think they'll be successful. Um, but I do really think it's purely just him wanting to put his guy out there and let him let him be successful. Or maybe just a scapegoat if they start slow and somebody that he can <laughs> get, get later. He, but.
1: I, th- I think it's possible, too, that he might be wanting to give himself an opportunity to be the head coach, too, and not worry about that aspect of the game, which is what he's been focusing on so much in the last all of his NFL career, basically. So I think he's making the step to mature his coaching acumen now too and uh not be stuck in a situation where he you know was calling bad timeouts or, or challenging things he shouldn't stuff like that I, and yeah i think agree i agree as well i mean he's, he's got to have his trust in his guys too and he's kind of uh maybe it's looking at it like a tryout kind of situation i mean preseason was was so short and that was a sample size but this is where you know it hits the fans. so let's see if kafka can uh can pull it off
0: yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, especially as a first-time head coach, you need to be available for the whole team, not have your focus solely on half the team, especially a team that, you know, desperately needs help kind of everywhere. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to take it back from Kafka. It's kind of a weird situation when you when you run into kind of giving someone certain sort of authority and then, and then rescinding on that. That usually doesn't end up well, um, just in terms of the culture and sort of like the mindset of going in, you know, you might ruffle a couple of feathers doing that. But on the same token, I I think that this is the right move. I think Dable should be paying attention to what's going on fully. And I, you know, liked what I saw in the preseason. Maybe it's not the most dynamic offense in the NFL, probably far from it, but definitely more interesting to watch than what we've seen in a long time. So I think if, you know, they're probably not showing any other cards at all really at this point. So from what we have seen, um, I like it. And I think that once the playbook opens up, I think we're going to see, you know, a cool offense from this team, at least cooler than, you know, we have in the past few years, which is, Probably the easiest thing to do. We could probably call better plays than uh, Kitchens and Garrett were doing. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. PA, put yeah, PA
1: fullback fl- uh, flat would probably just do it every for time. all you Madden fans out there. Engage eight.
0: Well, Wink's going to run engage eight every play. So you Ooh. might as well just <laughs> Seriously? do the other Madden play on the other side. Play <laughs> fullback flat. Well, I don't even know. Do you think any of those like always working plays in Madden when we were playing it a lot in college still work? Just Is Trips Cross still there?
2: I would it have got to. outlawed in 2014. I just.
0: Because <laughs> <like, laughs> <laughs> why is always open, no matter <laughs> what happens. Yeah. Um, talking about the roster, guys, I mean, I think the easiest place to start and kind of one of the more contentious things uh, was Blake Martinez getting cut, which is somewhat of a weird one to me, especially coming right after, you know, basically they knocked the roster down to 53 people. I've heard a lot of stuff, you know, that he was upset he wasn't captain, he didn't fit in Wink's defense. Um, Either way, at the end of the day, I'm confused about this decision. I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys think. But the Giants, it's not about cap savings. The Giants are basically getting 200 grand back and eating 7.5 million in dead cap. Where did this decision come from, Colin? Uh, I I think if you saw how.
1: Well, I, I guess it's, it's a number of ways of looking at it. Throughout the summer, you didn't really see a lot of the the team do a lot of uh, – how, how am I putting this? It's like uh, he, there was no attention on him when in the past he was a big proponent of the, the leadership of the team. He was all over the media. He was always on videos, uh, interviews, and stuff like that. And in retrospect, he was nowhere to be found. Yes, he was coming back from a, a – Fairly big ACL injury, which is a, a big deal in itself, and he's getting up there. I can't remember exactly how old he is, but he's he's only
0: twenty eight. Yeah. 28, I mean, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they're looking at the the long term, where uh, yes, he's been very productive the last couple of years, and he was a tackling machine from what was it, 2017 to 21. I think he was just like one of the leaders in the league, but they might see this uh, injury as a, a decline and. Yeah, I think it's possible it's not a scheme fit. I think Wink kind of likes linebackers with at least a little bit of a covering uh, capability, which he basically has none of. And this is a modern defense. So uh, the reason that he wasn't cut earlier, in my opinion, was that it was just so thin. There were so many injuries, they couldn't do it. They wouldn't have had camp bodies at that point. So I think they saw enough from the young guys. Unfortunately, Beavers goes down, but he'll be a futures guy. Uh, I think Micah McFadden may have shown enough to be a plug-and-play with Crowder. Um, and we may see uh, not a lot of uh, dual middle linebacker uh, formations on defense. I mean, you'll see it in the base, but we might have one of those crazy, you know, seven defensive backs out there, hence all of the, the roster moves that we've been making recently of, of loading up on that front. So I... I I think to people inside the organization and the staff, the writing was probably on the wall, and it is a big uh, surprise to us now. But I, I was talking to my dad about it. We we at first thought we should have been upset hearing the news, and it like we we thought about it for a second. It's like, well, that, no, I don't really care that much, and I don't know if that's a sign of the times how things have gone up until this point with not being positive about much. But like, I don't think he moves the needle enough to say we're gonna win three more games as opposed to losing, you know? I don't know how I feel. So, I mean, the conventional
2: sort of guess would be what you said, Colin, right? It, it's that he's not a scheme fit or they didn't see that he was kind of like, just like what they wanted in their, in their future. I'll, I'm going to try to like take a different, a different view of it, right? So the one thing that sticks out to me is the guy is, he's good at what he does, right? He's a tack, when he's healthy, he's an absolute tackling machine. Probably was going to be a step slow. They usually say this kind of these injuries take two years to come back. I wonder if they just had a conversation with him and they just said, "Hey, listen, we're this is probably a rebuilding year. You know, over under wins set at seven. So you know, if you get if you got nine wins, you'd consider that a huge success. You know, maybe they shock everybody get ten wins and you're competing for a wild card, but that's probably like the ceiling. So maybe they just had a conversation and said, "Hey, listen, we know that you're 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 good at what you do and you're in the the like the good years, right? You've got another probably like." four or five years of being really great at what you do. We're just going to let you go and you go, go, go find a contender somewhere because we don't want you to, you know, have 160 tackles on a team that has, you know, a ceiling of eight, nine wins. Like again, pure honesty, a, right? Yeah. Like transparency yeah. with him. Yep. And just oh. cause he was great before he got hurt. And you know, again, you, you don't want to give up guys like that, but you also kind of, you know, you, you know what you have, right? These guys have been around, they've kind of assessed things and they're realistic, right? I mean, you know, to the media, they'll tell you they're going to win. They're going to go 17 and 0. But the reality is they look at these guys, they know what they've got. They've got, you know, some good emerging young talent. They've got a a, a uncertainty at the quarterback position. They've got uh, uncertainty at the running back position. They've got some talent at wide receiver. But again, there's just a lot of kind of like building blocks that you wouldn't consider all blue chip, but you consider them, you know, whatever the beneath that white chip guys are and, you hope that they turn into blue chip and you kind of roll the dice and say, we're going to let some of these young guys develop just the thought. I mean,
0: I I agree with that. I I, I agree with everything you guys said. Basically. I I just thought the timing of it was particularly interesting. And I I think there's something that we don't know about. Maybe nobody else knows about it. More of a private conversation between Blake and, you know, the cat coaching staff and, and, and Shane and his crew. Um, well, that I mean, was weird about yeah. that, that personal day that he took the day before he was released
1: where he wasn't at practice like that. Yeah, exactly. We're never really
0: going to know like what the real reason is. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you have to think that the team is not better and that there is no cap savings. So to not have him on the team after, you know, someone who restructured their contract at the beginning yeah. of, of the season to stay with the team to now not be on it, it's, it's, a, it's perplexing. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, you know, it just wasn't going to work out. Whatever was going on wasn't going to work out for this team. And, you know, Colin, I think you made the best point is that, and Nick too, is that this team has a low ceiling. You know, I think nine wins is, is, is an aggressive statement, and you're right, that would be best-case scenario. I think at this point, you know, you're going into kind of a rebuilding situation. Let the young guys play. Let McFadden play. You know, I think Carter Coughlin has ability to, to rush from the inside to yeah. – and at the end of the day, you know, Blake is not a three down linebacker in a Wink Martindale system. He needs more off ball guys um, than, you know, people who are going to stuff the run. And, you know, Blake did have some pass rushing ability. I don't want to take that away from him, but maybe not to the degree that Wink was looking for out of that position in his scheme. But either way, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I hope we get more information at some point because cool. I, I'm not sure what what the situation here is. I don't think anybody really knows. Um, but I know you mentioned wide receiver. I think that's another place to go, just because that was another group that I think we saw a lot of talent in the preseason. I think we saw a lot of guys that were younger. I know last time we had the pod, we were you know kind of laughing how we haven't seen Kenny Galladay do anything, and then we're seeing Alex Bachman, you know, lead the preseason in receptions. He didn't make the team, unfortunately. Um, Darius Slayton's another guy to touch on here. I mean, what do you guys feel about this wide receiver group, and and who ended up on the team?
1: I'm, I'm I sort it of want to start. Well, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sad about uh, Bachman not not sticking around just because of how much production he showed. Yes, it was against a lot of seconds and thirds, but he, you could tell that he developed in the last bunch of years that he was on the practice squad. He actually kept getting better and better every year. And yeah, David Sills was in his way. And David Sills is bigger and probably a little faster, and he's got a rapport with Jones. So that's probably what won him the job. I think the um,
0: last thing you said is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, they're they like
1: best friends. You, every time you hear something in the off season, it's the two of them working together. So maybe yeah. that will pay dividends. I mean, that, that's cool. I'm into that. Um, however, we got injuries like like we're breathing air. So it's maybe it was another transparency kind of situation where we are like, listen, you, you guys, like to Bachman, you put on a show this preseason. It's clear. I, I don't know if he got picked up by, by anyone else yet. I know he was looking around. Um,
0: not that I'm aware of.
1: Uh, he'll probably—I mean—he's going to go to the Patriots. We've made jokes about it already. That, <laughs> you know, have the the the, the West Welkers and the uh, Julian Edelman's of the world. He'll he'll be right there, fit right in with Bill. Um, yeah, still a free I, agent. Is he? Well, he might end up coming back. Who knows? It might be one of those things where no one picks him up, and not that he comes crawling back, but we would take him. And you know, I don't know if there's any more room in the practice squad right now, but there's uh, one
0: spot left.
1: Oh, yeah, we didn't fill it. Well, that's good for a little leeway. Uh, who knows? But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Tony is an enigma. I, I'd love to see him actually take that step this year. But the guy has had all the undisclosed injuries for his whole career so far. So they say he's, he's milking
0: gonna,
1: it. I don't know. I don't know. Nick, what do you think about that? Because he's, he's an really? enigma.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, he's one of those guys where it's just like he just seems like he's going to be electric, right? And and anytime he gets the ball, even when he like gets a four yard gain, he's just all over and he's 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 quick and he's making the right cuts and stuff. And he's just like he's what you want. He's what he's Tyree Kill, right? Like when he's yeah. healthy, right? I'm not I'm not saying he's at all you know the production. I'm not saying that he's has anything to hang his hat on that. But like that's the mold of what you want, right? A guy that gets the ball in space and he's just a blur. But as you said, I mean, if you can't stay on the field, you know, I'd rather have a guy who's a little less athletic and, you know, 10 times more durable because that's the stuff that matters. Guys that go in and play 16, 17 games. That's, that's all that matters. I mean, it's the same thing with Saquon, you know, not to to jump to running back, but he's, when he's on the field, he's absolutely fantastic. I mean, he can do, uh, he could play probably, you know, six positions on the field. But the reality is if you don't play the games, it's, it's meaningless. I mean, it's, so, you know, circling back, I mean, Tony, I, I, I'm i assuming that they're going to find a way to get, get the ball to him, but in, in positions maybe where he won't be, you know, getting tackled heavy and things like that, like they'll put him in space and, you know, not run him up the middle or any do some of these sort of like odd jet sweeps where he's up by defensive tackles. I yeah. assume there's got to be some sort of like a strategic way to get him just in open space. All that said, you just can't keep, treat him with kid gloves, right? Eventually, yeah. you just got to say, if you're the guy, and we're going to invest in you and build you as a cornerstone of our offense, you got to get the ball 14 times a game, and you have to be able to take the punishment of being in the NFL. I mean,
1: that's just the, the cold reality. It's funny you, you said that, because I don't know if you guys noticed in the preseason, but Wandell Robinson seemed to get blasted at least three times a game, and he's got to yeah. start figuring out how to not get yeah. hit like that, which yeah. was – I mean, yeah, he's electric too, but uh, – <laughs> The preseason game that my dad and I went to, the the Bengals, he just got rocked on like the third play of the game.
0: He's very worried about what he's going to do after he catches the ball instead of catching the ball. And then I think he puts himself into into a headspace where he's just getting obliterated because he's not thinking like in the right terms. But like I I said this last time we talked about Wandel, he's a rookie, he looks like a rookie. You know, with with Tony, to me, it's like, I doubt his commitment to football. And I know that that is a common thing people say. And then there's a lot of, you know, people say, oh, no, 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 it's not like that. He he gets bad rap. But, I mean, what when I look at what Tony – this is a really kind of weird parallel to make, sort of, but I think about, like, when Michael Strahan was in his last year and or Tom Brady now. Those guys have, like, earned their keep and decided they really didn't want to play and didn't want to practice to do training camp. That's fine. But if you're in your second year and you're sort of milking this stuff to, to stay out of practice, I mean, it's a little bit concerning. You have to, like – be concerned. Like, is he going to play football or is yeah. he just going to collect his paycheck and then be off the team and, and wash out of the league and go be a rapper? Like, I'm not sure exactly where his head head is at. You know, and, I know it's, this, his head is cold. can tell you that.
2: And, and this is the other thing about a guy like Tony. I mean, he's, he's not part of this regime, right? This was, this is, wasn't the, they inherited him much like Daniel yeah. Jones. So a lot of these guys who are not rookies or even free agents, This is their year to prove whether they're going to be part of this regime, right? I mean, so if he goes out and he has another year like he did, whether it's full of injuries or it's lack of production or commitment or whatever, you know, whatever one you want to circle, he won't be here long. I mean, you know, by getting rid of Blake Martinez shows you that despite your, you know, what you are, if you're not a fit in terms of what they want to do, whether, again, commitment, productivity, durability, whatever the case may be you'll be gone. I mean, Dable's got what four years before he's going to be on the hook again. And people are going to start to be clamoring for a new, so he doesn't want to waste time with guys that aren't going to be, aren't going to be there. You know what I mean?
0: The thing about Tony is though, like I can totally see him playing a couple games and having that Cowboys game last year where he has 200 yards and a touchdown. And, and, you know, he does that once or twice. And you're just like, man, this guy is great, but then isn't on the field for more than half the game. So it's a, it's a hard decision to make when you have a guy like that and a rookie deal who's probably, you know, he's pretty cheap and can do that for you occasionally. But at what point do you, you know, think to yourself, we need a guy who's going to be, you know, playing every game, pl- getting reps and getting better instead of just having a guy who's not on the field and producing for you here and there. It, it, it doesn't seem pragmatic to me, and, and especially in a rebuilding team. Like, Tony would be great on, like, uh, the Chiefs or something. Yeah. Like a team that's already contending, you know.
1: He, he, didn't, he didn't score a touchdown last year, if I remember correctly.
0: No, I'm, not I mean, co- I'm, not cor-
1: I'm not correcting you. I'm, j- I'm just thinking about it. That insane game he had. like Daniel Jones all- only
0: had 11 touchdowns. So nobody well, scored any touchdowns. Yeah, and who, and who
1: scored <laughs> them? I don't even remember who scored them at that, at it that point. It was all like,
0: you know, Chris Muriak and uh, oh, yeah whoever else. Yeah. Evan Ingram dropped one in the end zone, I think. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to see him absolutely suck in, in Jacksonville. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be great. This, this, um, the scary before, part about Tony, sorry, last thing about
2: Tony. The scary yeah. – what scares me about Tony – and the little haunt my dreams is when we let him go and he ends up on that team, right? The Chiefs, the Saints, the, you know, the wherever. And he's just electric. And uh, you, at that point, you just t- tip your hat and you say, all right, it wasn't meant to be for us. But there's something there. I mean, he definitely feels like he's a, a superstar. But I just, I, like you said, I, I doubt his commitment a little bit. And, you know, maybe it's just the he needs the right coach or the right leader to, to say, like, hey, I need you to be here. And we don't need you to be, you know rapping or doing whatever extracurricular nonsense he wants to do. But I get terrified that that's what's going to happen. And he goes somewhere and it's, you know, it's like when Randy Moss left the the, the Raiders and he went to New England and he was the best wide receiver for yeah. three years. Like that, not, not on that level, but that sort of same sort of uh, parallel. Yeah you know, what
0: we see from the coaching staff, you think <clears throat> this coaching staff is that coaching staff. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, not thinking that you're not going to win games. Because the team is not that good. And maybe that takes away from a guy who's, you know, full focus isn't really football. Lately,
1: I've been listening to a lot of Gigi Allen, and it's been great. One reason it's been so great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons gives you 8 hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right as well. You get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. What's great about these is they have multiple features. Some of my favorites are the free customizable sound profiles so if you're listening to different genres you can have a different sound profile for each. There's earbud tap functions right on the earbuds themselves, so you don't have to worry about fuddling with your phone or anything like that. And the noise isolation. I mean, you could be taking the subway and you you want to actually listen to something, a podcast, whatever, you can actually hear it. They're amazing. I would recommend them to anybody. Go to buyraycon.com slash tppn today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash tppn to score 15% off raycon.com slash TPPn well, I think we'll, we should
0: talk about Slayton too because
1: well yeah
0: that was a weird one for me to make the team especially the Giants right now or five million over the cap they need to get down under the cap by tomorrow Tuesday so Slayton's 2.5 million he's a guy who's you know getting paid 2.5 million to be your sixth fifth sixth wide receiver maybe and then you had you know cutting Bachman who you could have paid you know federal minimum who was probably producing better in those situations. I don't know. I mean, I've seen enough of Slayton to know what he is. And it's a guy who has a lot of athletic ability that doesn't really translate to a receiver skill set in the NFL because he can't catch, can't catch well. And uh, when he does get those breaks and those moments, they just don't seem to be capitalizing on them.
1: Well, uh, apparently, I mean, who knows what the truth is to this, but apparently there were some teams that were calling. So maybe here's a theory that they still have a possibility of a trade of some sort on the table. They're waiting for it to come through, depending on how you know rosters shake out in the first two weeks of the season with these other teams. And maybe Bachman, they're still hoping, as Bachman's just floating around, they trade Slayton, have the spot for another wide receiver, get him back, and maybe trade for a, a pick or, or a player for a position that we need you know, something better. In. I mean, the one thing that was uh, all, this must be the transparency episode, but it sure as hell seemed that um, Shane was very forthright saying that, you know, and we saw it with all the waiver pickups. But, you know, business is booming right now. We're, we're making moves. We're getting people. We're, we're talking to people. We're willing to, to do the business. So I feel like you're, we might be surprised by the moves that are happening even in season, not just now. 'Cause this is the he he's probably thinking rebuild now because who cares if we win or lose. If we win, you know, that's that's golden. If we don't, well, keep looking for the
0: years down the line. Before you go, Nick, I should mention that I in the last press conference I walked to Shane and Dable. Shane said that Darius Slayton will be a giant week one. So I yeah. don't know. Most of the stuff these guys say seem as genuine. So to yeah. me, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the receiver class in general, right? There's just, there's a lot of upside with some of these guys, right? Like, you know, Wandel's going to need some time to, he's a rookie. Like you say, he's going to do rookie things for a while. Rarely grew receivers and corners and these edge guys do something super amazing in the first year. Absolutely. There's exceptions and things like that, but you know, you expect the guys that are the veterans to to produce, right? what do you expect for Sterling Shepherd and Galladay, right? For for the season, right? I mean, if I set their over under total total touchdowns between the two of them at five and a half, you would you feel comfortable taking the over on that? I mean, no. that's a super low number, but that tells you all you need to know about about them as 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 players, both whether it's injury concerns or productivity. I don't Talk expect Shepherd to
0: play much. I don't expect Shepard to play much. And when he does, I feel like, you know. Like I said 100 times, I like the rapport between him and Jones. I think Shepard is at the point in his career where he's, you know, hit that place where he's going to catch a ball and fall down. I don't necessarily think he's going to be electric with the ball in his hands anymore. I think that he can get open on third down on certain routes. And I think that's helpful to Daniel Jones. So I like Shepard still being on the team. You know, I've always liked Shepard. He's like a real giant, you know, a guy, longest tenure player on the team. I'm glad he restructured. I'm glad he's back. I don't expect a hell of a lot from him. That being said, you know, you have. Wandale, Tony, um, those are the guys I'm looking to to really, you know, carry this offense over the air. Galladay, I I don't know, man. I don't think he gives a shit. I, I just think it's gonna be he's gonna maybe have five hundred yards and two TDs this year, and then he'll be gone next year. By the so, way, twenty two million dollar cap hit highest in the NFL. Insane.
2: So who so who so if you had to guess right now, who leads the uh Giants in receiving by the end of this year, who would you say? I mean it's I, think, hard, man.
1: I, I think it's going to be spread out it's going to be real spread out and it the stat the stats aren't going to look great but if you know if Jones is finding the second and third reads and getting people open and getting the first downs I don't care if there's one guy that has more stats over the you might another. have three
0: guys who with like 700 yards I just yeah. don't think the Giants have anyone that's going to hit a 1,000 yards. I think Tony has the capability to be that player, but I just don't think he's going to be on the field enough to to amass those stats.
1: As you were talking about Shepard, I was thinking, uh, what if – and I would like to see this, especially with his uh, declining uh, health and and stuff like that. If he's able to retain any of his speed that he had in the past but maybe not be as electric as he has been for obvious reasons, I'd like him to turn into like our – our new age, our Steve Smith, like get that first down on a big third down fall right down where you need to and get, and just don't do much more. Just be that outlet. You know, Jones is running for his life and all of a sudden he's, he's open because he ran an incredible route and he like backtrack the way he needs to. And he just ends up being that guy and stay healthy. That would be cool. Staying
0: yeah. healthy, I think is, you know, the number one thing for this position group because we've seen, the decimation of the wide receivers over the years, over the last few years, it's been a, it's been a struggle. You know, I think a lot of times when you're a Giants fan, especially the last few years, you, you look on paper about who, you know, your skill position players are. And then, you know, they've only played half a quarter together in the last three or four years. So the injuries are huge. And and I think if everybody stays healthy, obviously, I mean, it's a silly thing to say. If everyone stays healthy, the, the circumstances are a lot different. I think the ceiling is higher. I think that, jones has a better year football fans
1: the first sunday of the nfl season is here and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is giving new customers a can't miss offer to celebrate the return of the nfl season right now new customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly and as an added bonus for week one everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion it's simple bet on an nfl team to win If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: I mean, it really comes down to that offensive line, really, too, um, which I think is, you know, we should we should move on to there. I, you know, obviously, a lot of injuries in this group as well. You have Shane Lemieux out, temporary IR, let's say eight weeks. McKeithen's after the year was the fifth-round pick this year. Brennison's lost some time. Zudu has lost some time. Um, it's going to be better than it was last year, but I think as the year goes on and we get, you know, maybe Nick Gates back, we get Lemieux back, maybe Matt Pert. Turns a corner and is healthy and, and experiences some time with this, you know, what seems to be a, a very improved coaching staff just from the kind of pug and play we've seen along the line and how they've improved in the preseason. Um, what are you guys' feelings on the line? I'm... This is, to me, this is
2: year one of the rebuild, right? I mean, yeah. you know, they'll be better. They'll be a little bit more kind of aggressive and, and able to maybe do a little bit more, but I still think we're probably a year or two away from saying, we've got our five guys or we've got our four guys and and a and a you know journeyman veteran journeyman veteran that we that will live with but you know i i just like the young guys i like grabbing those guys when at the top of the draft you know again when if we if we're drafting in the top 15 16 this year i you're not going to you're not going to have me mad if we go linemen again right cuz it's just not at all. you build in the trenches you win in the trenches and that's 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 that's, that's Giants football so i just want to that's see how they 100- won
0: two super bowls 100% yeah. You know, people people maybe don't forget, people remember the helmet catch and the Manningham catch, but really it was the offensive line giving Eli time to throw those balls and the defensive line just obliterating Tom Brady the whole game. That's why they won. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, one thing I, about I the not... line I, I do want to say is I'm super happy that M. landed on the practice squad
1: because yeah. I think
0: that, you know, a guy who's played in three NFL games off the boat from Africa, boat, plane, whatever you're supposed to say now, um, I'm glad he's still there. I, I'm looking forward to him, you know, Making some splashes uh, a couple years down the road, if possible.
1: Yeah, I think that was a that was a gimme that he was not going to make the the roster for the regular season, with the idea that they would be stashing him and maybe develop him for down the line. I mean, he's still young too. I don't remember exactly what his age is, but he's he's in his twenties and he's still learning the game. I mean, they were making jokes in the, the first game that he was in. That uh, he he was just learning how to put his pads on before the game and uh, you know getting him ready and all that kind of stuff and <laughs> frankly when when I watched him live uh, yeah it was against mostly second and third stringers but he wasn't getting absolutely blown up it was cool I, I think part of that uh you know the OC uh NFL Africa thing it's a yeah I think that's why
0: him. I'm I'm happy he's still a giant because yeah. you know OC was the kind of the one that brought him here so yeah. But can I, can I, you know, Nick, I think if you like kind of look at, you know, when you said the starting five, you know, if if Gates and Lemieux were healthy, you sort of have four guys there. Plus your Glowinski is kind of like, you know, he's older, he's 31, um, you know, yeah, he's got a couple, couple year left. But really, if if this team kind of gets, you know, whatever these injuries are together, that's just been plaguing the team. I know it's less this year than it has been in the past, but it's really brutal just as injuries, man, because the line could be a lot better. And I think that the coaching is better, you know, just having a guy like Devery Henderson sort of starting for you who has looked fine in the preseason, but he's not, you know, an answer. He's not even like a guy you really want to be starting for you week one, but it's a work in progress. You know, it is uh, line. Uh, what else guys? I think the one thing I want to talk about too is just tight end and running back before we move on and tight end could be quick. Cause wow. Brutal. Wow. I know we all, you know, have loved Bellinger and, and sort of, you know, the story around that and, and kind of his athletic traits and stuff like that. But man, this team needs a veteran tight end who can catch so bad. There's nobody. They have two guys. And and when we're so busy to kind of seeing those big tight end sets over the past few years, you'd have to think the Giants are just moving away from that in general, unless they bring somebody in. I mean, do you expect to see two, two tight ends in the field at all this year, Nick?
2: no and and it's such a non giant thing to not have a reliable tight end going into the season right i mean i obviously the the ingram years would be the exception but you know we we've just had quality tight end play you know for the last whatever years and it's just it's bizarre, right? Unless they're they know something that we don't, right? And the way they're gonna scheme the games or something like that. It's just a bizarre. It's a bizarre move to put all your chips in that the the Bellinger basket and say, you know, that's the route we're gonna go because tight end is so important because you're going to be the guy that's going to help maybe an inexperienced tackle with a chip or you're going to be, you know, the extra blocker and run run schemes. It's just it's such a vital position. And then when you have a quarterback who might be turnover prone or, or struggling to get the ball down the field, what's the first thing you usually look for is your safety blanket, which is your tight end. And I don't feel super comfortable saying that that's going to be the guys we have right now.
1: And surprisingly enough, I don't know if you you saw when they first put out the 53, uh, Chris Myrick was, uh, was listed as a fullback and not a tight I end, saw that, yeah. which is just like, all right, well, yeah, sure. You can be, uh, he'll be a move kind of guy. You'll see him playing tight end too, but maybe he'll be starting as a fullback position for plays that warrant it. Um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I expect them to pick up somebody during the season, if not sooner than later, and then uh, maybe not even bother with those kind of formations for a while. I mean, this whole offense is going to look so drastically different than what we've seen, and it's going to be interesting. I mean, you see what the Bills have done over the last couple of years, and you'd be hard-pressed to say that there's not going to be a lot of similarities, at least attempting, to try to do those kinds of offenses and schemes um, until they're able to develop a little more of their strategy. Um, we've touched on it before. Speaking of, of running backs, um, you're going to see Saquon all over the place. Um, we we like to hate on the guy for mostly Dave Gettleman's doing, but I think for better or worse, the guy has clearly uh, had a fire lit under him this off season. He's he seems pissed off, which I think is a good thing. Um, I like I, that he
0: cursed in the press conference yeah, the other day. I think he's
1: sick of he's sick of the media's. BS and the fans for that matter. And frankly, I don't blame him. I mean, he's put himself in the spot. Let's be real. He, he's, he's been the, the injury prone guy dancing behind the line, doing all the things that we don't want him to do. And a far reach from what he was his rookie season. So what he has to do is, is put up and sh- or shut up now. And unfortunately he's, he's on a team that may not be able to provide that fully for him, but he's, if he's able to do something to let the league know that he's back well let's hope that he gets a nice big payday somewhere else and we can maybe capitalize on that somehow but hey we need him this year and with the injuries at wide receiver you're going to see him lined out, out out there lining up uh you know going in motion and playing that type of role more than we've ever seen so i think that's going to be very interesting i'm looking forward to that
0: actually i think he's going to have a huge year if he stays healthy i really do um, I almost picked him in fantasy, but I I wanted to exercise a little more caution. I think more of the storyline on the running backs is like that they decided to keep four on. Um, I thought Corbin was better than Breda. We didn't really see Breda. Um, Braven, Breda has more experience, so I, I see why I made the team. Corbin ran on the practice squad. Gary Brightwell is a guy that you're going to see on special teams, but he was you know running the ball pretty well, too. Um, I don't know, just an interesting group there, I, but yeah, Saquon's going to have a really good year. I really, I really think so. I don't I mean I don't need to talk too much about running back. It's a pug and play position at this point. We just happen to have, you know, an overdrafted, really hyped running back on the team. So it's one of those things you have to touch on. But mm-hmm. you know, I expect I fully expect Saquon to, you know, you know, have fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage this year and a couple touchdowns, maybe eight eight to ten touchdowns, if he stays healthy.
2: Yeah. If he stays healthy and has stats like that, it, I think you're going to see the higher of the ceiling in terms of the wins. Right. I mean, this is a year where the, when you look at the schedule again, not to, not that we have to go game by game or anything like that, but it's a soft schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there is a, 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 a that, that sort of middle end there where you're playing C- Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, Detroit. I mean, that is like a, that is a soft, soft stretch there. And you know, some of these division games can be a coin flip right dallas is obviously probably the the, the team to beat in the division um it's but our while, year yeah right yeah but but this is a year where if things fell their way right and they were able to be be kind of more efficient on offense and make some stops on defense and you know win the coin flip games i mean you know and, and saquon stays healthy and Again, we kind of know what Daniel Jones is at this point, so I'm not going to say he's going to go out and throw for 4,500 yards and have 43 touchdowns and in 12 interceptions. I mean, he's going to be—he's a turnover-prone guy that's super athletic, and you know, he's—that's what we have to kind of work around and and get him the ball around the edges and rolling him out, and really kind of find ways to, to to make him mobile because he's not your true pocket guy. In a kind of roundabout way, I'm saying if if Saquon stays healthy and you can find a way to to make the most out of daniel jones and his limitations with the schedule there that's again i I can you can talk me into the nine win ten win situation but again a lot of ifs i i feel i said if 36 times as i went through
0: that (laughs) Um, interest of time let's move on to the defense and let's just kind of do uh front seven and and the back end uh i know we we touched on blake already but i think we should you know talk about the edge and quincy roche especially um the fact that he didn't make the team, I know he's back in the practice squad. That doesn't mean really much because anyone could poach him anytime you, anytime you want. What I'm confused about is kind of how Zimenez made this team when Roach didn't. And what I've been reading was that Roach was just outplaying him kind of the whole thing. I, I'm just wondering if Roach just uh, doesn't practice well, just weren't seeing these things from him. I don't know how you keep Zimenez or Tomon Fox over Roach. It's just a perplexing situation to me. Kind of everybody else that, that made. The roster on the front seven makes sense to me um i don't know if it, i do i do like that tomon fox made the team because I, I do like you know rooting for the underdog and and i think that you know he could become a fan favorite like with his family rooting in the stands that video was kind of viral and yeah. stuff like that so that's always fun to have kind of those guys in your team um just to me like Kayvon and, and aziz are gonna get hurt we've seen it it's happened plenty of times and right now so not having Roche sort of there especially with like Ellerson Smith had some question marks too about his injury history. I'm just worried about a unit that I thought was sort of going to be really improved this year. But now I'm wondering if the depth kind of is hurting in in that spot. What do you guys feel about the front seven?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, you're right. I I, I don't expect to have uh, any more than maybe five games the entire season where both – Bookends are playing at the same time, in Aziz yeah. and on just for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it's nice that it seems that some of the depth behind has uh, stepped up in the preseason and, and kind of done some interesting things. I think you're going to see a lot of them, so it's going to be cool to uh, to see how Wink figures out a way to plug in them and, and play them. But yeah, I, I I keep like trying to find a positive with both sides of the offense and defense and. The injuries are just absolutely killing it for me. Um, I don't know. Um, Toman Fox was was cool to watch. Uh, I mean, my you know my favorite guy in, in the preseason was uh, Austin Colitro because of the the Danbury, Connecticut connection there. So oh, that's, he'll
0: be he'll be playing too with Blake yeah, on for sure.
1: I think he will. I think he'll probably be tr- he'll probably get spot. Uh, plays with McFadden. I don't. I can't imagine that McFadden's like the guy who's gonna be there next to Crowder. I think all they're the just time. gonna
0: have one linebacker most of the time. Yeah, and it's gonna be Tay Crowder. Yeah, which is you know how when was the last time a Mister Irrelevant started at a position two years in a row? I keep with forgetting that. that. That's insane.
2: Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I've yeah. got pretty low expectations for the defense. You know, I, 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 I injuries and and. And you know, Dable's traditionally been an offensive guy. So I know that he's, you know, hoping that Wink will be the guy that figures out the defense. I just I don't know. I, I just something doesn't feel right about this group, right? I mean, you've got a lot your linchpins and your your guys that you're gonna be leaning on are guys that can't stay truly healthy. And I'm saying as I'm saying it, I'm realizing this is the same problem with the offense, but yeah. I just get nervous, you know what I mean? It's gonna be one of those things where we're digging into the practice squad come week three because because our guys can't can't stay healthy. Looking over and you know Thibodeau's got his you know Giants sweatshirt on and we yeah. and he's not playing in week four. Uh, I really really want to believe that these guys are gonna step out and they're gonna be able to make some plays and we're gonna be able to you know harken back to the days of of OC and and Tuck and Strahan and our true you know once in a generation pass rushers, but. I just don't see it when I look at these names and I look at these guys, I just don't see nothing inspires me that this is going to be a team that's going to be able to go out and win games when the offense can only put up 20 points, you know, win games by holding teams to to 13 points. It's just not to be completely Debbie downer. I just don't, I just don't see it with this group. And, you know, I mean, there's guys I like individually, but as a, as a unit, as a whole, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think, what we're expecting or what wink Martindale is trying to do is to really get that group up to a point where they are consistently getting pressure every play, because right now I think the, the bigger issue is, is the secondary than the front seven. I think, you know, as much as the injuries are going to be a problem, if if people do stay healthy, then the pass rush, I mean, the pass rush can't be worse than it was last year or the year before. So you have better players. You hope something happens. That being said, the secondary is in the opposite position where it's worse than it was. Um, You've lost Logan Ryan, Will Peppers and James Bradbury, whatever you want to say about those guys, they were all proven veterans. who had certain skill sets that, you know, could create success in certain schemes and defenses right now. You're looking at a Dory Jackson, who is, you know, a number two corner. And then Aaron Robinson, who just had just looked like lost out there all preseason. I mean, you know, the first thing I have written in my notes is that the giants are F tier basically, you know, I mean, we saw them pick up Pinnock, Nick McCloud, Justin Lane, Nick McCloud, cornerback from the Bills, so he's probably familiar a bit with Dable and Shane. Um, Pinnock from the Jets, who, you know, people say is, is starter material. Justin Lane, I don't know so much about. Um, I just think it's very indicative of, of where the position group is at when, after, when you, you're doing your cuts to 53 and you're bringing in three veterans in the same position group out of four veterans you brought in at all. So clearly the Giants realize that this is a liability. I mean, how do you guys feel? I mean, the defense. You know, Nick, I, I think you summed it up that it's it's a little rough. But Colin, what what are, you, what are you feeling about you know the defensive backs here? Uh,
1: I mean, I feel the same way. It's it's going to yeah. be. You saw the struggles of uh, of Robinson on the other side of Adoree Jackson. You're, I think, you're going to continue to see it. Uh, he, he plays hard. Uh, I don't think he's very good. It, oddly enough, he had a better year last year than he's looked in this preseason. So I don't know if you can take that big of a step back, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be a revolving door. Thankfully, our safety position on both sides is fairly solidified between Julian Love and, and McKinney. McKinney's like going
0: to have to have a hell of a year, man, for this yeah. to work
1: out. Hey, not for nothing, too. Julian Love getting the captain's badge. That's pretty cool. I think that's a—it's very telling.
0: They made um, they made up like a new thing. He's like defense special teams captain or something. Oh, I, I didn't see that. That's yeah, interesting. it's like uh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's kind of cool. I, I dig that. Um And he did mention that he's never been a captain at any level of his playing career, which is, I mean, it's, it's it sounds negative, but it's also very positive because he's he's like I've never had it, and I come to you know the the greatest organization in, in football and became a captain, and just like well, well said. I'm sure. John is very happy that you said that to uh, to the family. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I think I'm going to lean into the positive with the safeties, especially the fact that they're going to be controlling a lot of what's going on with the defense. And I think because they have that leadership locked in, they feel a little bit more uh, able to bring in so many new bodies at the cornerback position, that they feel like with the help that they're going to have back there to get, get their direction straight and their assignments and stuff, maybe – they're able to to you know tie some wins together uh, to have a, a at least a respectable season. Uh, I, I think anything that we we end up doing uh, on the positive end of things is going to be like house money at this point. It's it's about the build. You, you know you hate saying that, especially going to the season, especially the last two years of this podcast where it seems like we were laughing like clowns every week. I'd like to not do that anymore. Uh, hopefully, we see enough improvement. That even if we don't win a lot of games this year, we still feel hopeful for what we're going to see going forward. With that said, I'd like to end my aspect of this show tonight with the fact that it seems that half of Giants Twitter is uh, adamant and convinced that Anthony Richardson is going to be our quarterback next year, the guy from Florida. So I don't know what you guys feel about that. He's a pretty uh, uh, fiery, uh, interesting uh, quarterback character in the college football world. I didn't get to see him play much over the weekend, but he had some interesting. Uh, Can't throw. Uh, I mean, he had some, some throws that were pretty sweet. Actually. I mean, Nick, did you see any of his play? I saw the, uh, the
2: jump pump fake that he had that was super athletic, which was pretty cool. But I mean, you know,
1: name me a good Florida quarterback. In the NFL, right? I know, yeah. and as this Florida State guy, you're gonna you're gonna lean into that even more. I understand
2: yeah. that. No, but 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 uh, so I want to just I want to say one more thing about the the defense. Yeah, all the secondary ails and, and issues can be cured if we have a pass rush. You guys yeah. all, you guys both know that. And I think Martindale's the guy to do it, right? To dial it up. He's the guy to scheme things to work with maybe some some spare parts, maybe with some some blue chip guys, maybe with you know this that or the other thing. So if you get pressure on a, a quarterback, it's, it it forgives a lot of sins you have on the outside. And and you know, guys don't have to cover for 14 seconds, they gotta cover for four seconds, and it makes a world of difference yeah. for inexperienced corners and secondaries and guys like that when you can actually get to the quarterback in maybe a four rush set or with rushing with four or five guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive and, and, and look at it that way that if we can find a way to get get to the quarterback. That maybe some of these guys can come up to speed and get their big boy pants on here pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's uh, let's hit this Titans game, guys. First yeah. game of the year. Giants opening up the season September 11th at Tennessee. Uh, first time they're playing an AFC team to open the season since they played the Broncos in 2001. Did they win or lose? I've, you know, they lost. Don't worry.
1: Oh, that game. <laughs> um, I think for no good reason at all, we figure out a way to win this game and then we don't win for like five weeks.
0: I, I want to share one more interesting stat. So Giants week one starters from 2021 who won't be in the starting lineup on Sunday. Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Will Hernandez, Nate Solder, that's four starting offensive linemen, which is a good thing in my mind. Yeah. Eli Penny, Austin Johnson, Lorenzo Carter, Blake Martinez, James Bradbury, Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, that's three of your starting fours in your secondary, secondary as well. So the turnover is there. We, we are rebuilding. I, I, to see that all in one place is interesting, you know, to me, I like it.
2: Five, five. Uh, you know me. I, I'm a, I'm a Vegas guy. I love to, to gamble. I look at that, and it's, it's a five and a half point line, which again, a neutral site usually is, is gives you, or excuse me, the home team gets three. So it's basically saying they're two and a half points better on top of the traditional three points that you get. Doesn't like, you know, it's not a resounding kind of like dominant line, you know, touchdown plus tells me it's going to be a close game. I mean, the Titans might struggle to score. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry usually doesn't ramp up until the the back half of the year. He still is amazing. Um, You know, he still, you know, when healthy, he's he's super tough. They did some interesting things by getting rid of uh, A.J. Brown. Um, I think it's going to be a a one-possession game that comes down to the fourth quarter. I I think it's going to be a a tough game. You're going to find out whether we've got Got it that 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 fourth quarter grit to be able to come back and maybe drive down you know down four going into the last four minutes. That's that's what I think you're looking at something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. You see a lot of those this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not really a mystery to anybody that you're going to have to stop the run. Tannehill is more of a game manager. He's not like a super dynamic quarterback or anything like that. And as you said, AJ Brown is off the team. They replaced him with Brandon Cooks, who isn't as good. So they did out Austin Hooper, um, who is one of the better pass catching tight ends in the league, but. Their offense doesn't look really any better than it did last year. Their defense doesn't really look any better than it did last year. That being said, they did win 12 games and win the AFC South. It's going to be a hard game. And, and Nick, I I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of games for the Giants this year where it comes down to the end. Um, Whether or not they have the grit to complete those victories in the fourth quarter, which they haven't done over the years, that that will remain to be seen. A lot of quitting in the fourth quarter for this team, you know, as we've seen plenty of times. So I still don't think the Giants are going to win but I think it's going to be a better outing than we were expecting to see um, from a new unit and a new coaching staff and, and, you know, just a new regime in general. Uh, You guys want to, what do you think the score is going to be?
1: Uh, Well, I did say that we'd somehow win for no good reason. So I'll, I'll throw it at, uh, I don't know, 24, 20.
2: I was going to say 20 to 17. Like I could see us being down 17, 13, or something like that and having to, to go score a touchdown to win like that like i said down four going into that last drive and you know i i could just see us finding a way to win to your point called like you know everybody getting excited talking about how the ships changed and and really just kind of like being a new di- identity new new way we're kind of approaching things I'm not going to say and then go lose week two, but I'm just saying I could just I could see that being the storyline as we find a win a way to win, and you know it'll be one of those things where we find a way to win amidst some sort of big injury, right? Somebody gets hurt though. <laughs> that's always the giant way, right? Kadarius Tony will have 150 all-purpose yards and he'll break his leg or something like that. But we'll win, and it will be like you know that's always the Giants lately when it feels like there's good, there's something that comes out of it as well. Bad. Mm-hmm.
0: I know. I'm going to go no injuries. Giants lose 27-17 i thought anything else tonight guys uh no i am just just happy to hang out with my friends yeah friends thanks guys for listening tonight don't forget to follow big blue united on facebook twitter instagram follow us on twitter bbu pod boys with the z the pigskin podcast network at the pigskin pod net don't forget to download the DraftKings app use promo code t-p-p-n and check out bookseo.com thank you guys for listening and have a good night
1: good night whisper thing